Hi guys, welcome back to Wayward Fans, a supernatural podcast. Boom! <laughs> I'm Shannon. And I'm Leanna. <laughs> Today we're going to talk about Simon Said and No Exit, uh, the fifth and sixth episode of the second season. Hoorah! So, Simon Said was directed, and I'm really sorry, I'm probably going to mess this up, was directed by Tim Iacofano and written by Bed. oh my god. Written by Ben Edlund. <laughs> so the one you mess up is Ben. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I probably messed up the first one too, but... Well, right, but <laughs> Ben. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Simon said, I really honestly like Simon said a lot. It's one of my favorite episodes. It is really good. Um, and so we open in a small, quiet town. Uh, we see a gentleman walking down the street and he gets a call on his cell phone. Uh, and we, like, see clips of him, like, holding a gun. And so he enters a gun shop, and the guy behind the counter is like, oh, I don't know if you really want to see this. And he's like, yeah, I want to see that one. Uh, and while he's holding it, he's saying guns make him nervous, but he, like, starts loading the gun. And the guy's like, no, you can't. You can't load that here. And he's like, everything's going to be fine. <laughs> It'll be fine. And then he shoots the guy behind the counter, uh, keeps telling everybody, hey, it's okay. Everything's <laughs> fine. And then shoots himself in the head. Which is pretty shocking. Yeah, a little traumatic. Um, but then we find out that Sam is having a vision. Sam wakes up in his usual state. I really liked the way they, they did that shot. How mm-hmm. it like pans up as the doc is about to shoot himself in the head. And the blood splatters into the sink. Yeah. As Sam's washing his face. And yeah. Like, you know, is all taken aback by the premonition. I was like, whoa. Yeah, that, that was That really was a cool. really great shot. That was. Because you're really expecting... Cool. You know, to pan up and to see the blood splatter, the blood splatter on, the on, wall, on the wall or the ceiling or right. whatever. And it's just suddenly a sink. And first pl- second, you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. Did they have a sink hanging on the wall? <laughs> I mean, that's what happened to me. I, I mean, it was a split second. And then you see Sam's face like, yeah. oh, but there was that moment. Just that like, one why moment. Why is there a sink hanging on the wall? Is this like a, you know, one of those crazy TGIF restaurants where they have the weird... <laughs> Decor, yes, at the gun show, at the gun store. Yeah, yeah they, that's why I was confused. They go with the TGI Friday look. All right, <laughs> I really like the shot. It is a good shot. So, um, that happens. Then it's back to the brothers, and Dean busted on Sam, and he's like, "Whoa, are you okay?" Right. And Sam tells him, and. It's Dean's turn to be like, are you sure this is a thing? Right. (laughs) Um, And and Dean's just kind of like, I don't think we should go to the roadhouse about this, Um, which I kind of agree with him. Yeah, he was worried that, you know, let's not go tell all the hunters that you have demonic connections and you're psychic. Well, we don't know they're demonic yet. Well, that's what he says. Oh, is that what he says? Yeah, he says oh. we don't want oh, the other hunters. The demon. Yeah, we don't okay. want the other hunters to know okay. about your psychic abilities that are possibly that have possible demonic connections. Oh, is okay. what Dean says. And then that's he calls the reason him a freak. I said, yeah. Right. And then he goes, "You think I'm a freak? You've always been a freak, <laughs> right?" Which is like kind of lame cover up, Dean. But right. okay. Um. <clears throat> but yeah, so he's worried that the other hunters are gonna like. Not Want trust him Sam. or kill him or whatever, <laughs> right? Which is not good. So, but they go anyway because they want to talk to Ash. Because Sam wants to talk to Ash to find more information on this area. Like, because isn't he wanting to see if there's any omens there? Yes. Okay. And also, I don't think he knows where it is because oh, okay. Ash is the one who tells him it's in um, 
Guthrie, Guthrie, Oklahoma. Okay. And I think he tells, you know, from his, the, the bus and the gun shop and all the signs that he saw. Oh, he right, Ash. right. Ash was like, oh, that's, oh, that's this place. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Which, I mean, Sam probably could have figured that out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I think he also wanted to go to make sure that there was another, uh, none of the other uh, demon omens happening. Okay. Because he was convinced it had something to do with the yellow eye. Right. Because it did last time with Max. Right. Um. So they get there and Ash is in his office, I guess, which has <laughs> Dr. Badass is in on the door. And he opens the door to a, apparently having a rave in there. Right. <laughs> I was like, what are you doing? What the fuck is going on in there? You're naked and having a strobe light. That is exactly what I have here. It's like, what the hell is Ash doing in his room? He's sniffing, first off, when he comes <laughs> yeah. to the door, and he's naked, and there's a strobe light. Yeah. I'm like, good God, dude. He's having himself a really good time. Yeah, and he's apparently alone. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, so then, they're at, they get Ash out to, you know, get his pants on or whatever and help out, and Sam is, he's saying he can't find any, um, of the typical demonic omens there. And right. then so Sam gets really specific and he's like, well, were there any house fires in 83 where the kid was six months old? And he's like, Ash is like, what the fuck? Right. <laughs> that is really specific. And he's like, yeah. why would I look this up? And he's like, please, man, just do it for just me. Just humor me. Right. And he's like, well, what do I get out of it? And he's like, a PBR. A PBR. And I was like, yes. I'm like, really? The That's all it takes. <laughs> really good for cheat how cheap it is well yeah but i mean come on <laughs> it was funny <laughs> oh really you're getting a pbr like you probably could have gotten one of those by yourself I know, you do live in the, in the roadhouse right <laughs> but i guess maybe he still has pay for his own <laughs> probably knowing ellen probably right right um so then we cut to Dean, Dean and Joe enjoying his beer. Oh yeah, and she puts and she on. puts on REO Speedwagon. <laughs> oh god, I love the look on Dean's face. Yes, and this is also my favorite line. One of them, and uh, she he's like REO, huh? And she's like. Hell yeah. He sings from and, the heart. Yeah. And he goes, what does he say? He, I have to read no, that. He, he sings, sings it from, from the hair. hair. There's a difference. Yeah. Oh my God. I love it. Yeah. Um. So then, what is he, she's talking about going with him somewhere or him picking her up and well, he's he, like, she no. wants to, he, he's telling her they're there to find out about a hunt and she's like, I can help out. And he's like, no. <laughs> and she's like, why? And he's like, because of your mom. Right. And she's like, you're scared of my mom. And he's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am. And then he just looks at her and she's like glaring at him. And he's like, thumbs up in her. Yeah. Then we're back in the Impala and Dean is singing Aria Speedwagon. <laughs> and it is beautiful. Oh, my God. I love it. Oh, my God. He's got a great voice. He really does. I mean, he does, but Jesus Christ. I could just imagine, because you know for Sam, he was singing that for quite a while. And he probably continued singing it, like, after that (laughs) scene was over. I just couldn't imagine driving with someone who's just going to sing whatever the hell they want. Or put on, like, one of the five different albums that they (laughs) listen to. Probably better than anything Sam would be singing, though. So... I don't think Sam sings. No, well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> um, so they go to a restaurant where yes. they think they can track down Andy 
the guy. Because uh, that's who Ash found out had been. Right. Whose mom had died the same way. Or had been in a house fire, right? No. Um, because they don't find that out till like, way later. So how did because they? Because they know... I, God, I cannot... I don't know why I didn't write this down, but... They know Andy is responsible for something or connected to it somehow. So they're going to track him down. Right. Um, oh, I think it had something to do with the collections or something. Like, no, he kept that's, getting... what, that's what they think they are when they show up. Everybody's like, oh, no, 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 no I know. But it wasn't Sam like on his laptop and he's like, look at this. This kid has all of all the stuff in debt and everything. Oh, and like, okay. He's like, why is nobody? You're right. Why isn't anybody after him? Yeah, you're right. Like that. But okay. it, so when they go to the restaurant, yeah, she Trace, the waitress, thinks that they're debt collectors. Right. And they're like, no, we're actually his we're lawyer. lawyers. His aunt died, and he has stuff coming home. Which is like <laughs> such a classic like excuse that I don't understand why that didn't like raise some flags immediately. Right. It's like the whole Nigerian like prince right. email thing, <laughs> like. I guess the chain emails wasn't as prevalent back then. Well, yeah, but people used to use that like, right. line to like con people out of huge amounts of money. Like, oh, one of your relatives died and they left a huge estate, but we can't get it because we need X, Y, Z. Right, right. People were like, oh, here's $600. Send me <laughs> this another money and your right. name, your exactly. social security number, exactly. your address. <laughs> yep. Um, but she... She lets them know about his van. Yeah. The barbarian riding a polar bear, which is hard to miss. And that's how that they, they can they find him. him down. And Dean loved the van. Oh, yeah. Um, but on the way, Sam, um, you know, lets it be known to Dean that he's actually worried that he's going to become a murderer because of right. his psychic ability. And that's what the demon has in store for them. Because all these other kids that they've encountered have, have killed people. murderers. Right. Um, and Dean is just very adamant about him not ever being able to be a murderer. Um, the things that they hunt because they had it coming. And I just wish Dean had been a little more sympathetic to Sam instead of just like right. flat out yelling at him through that whole scene. Um, I mean, especially since when they do the cutaways and you see Dean like look away, he's clearly like as concerned about it as right. Sam is. And I think that would have been helpful if he had just been oh absolutely like I more totally open agree. with Sam about that. Because I mean, but God. we all know that he just pushes he's the feels away. <laughs> yeah, he won't. I mean, he, we saw it a little bit more in season one, but now we're starting to see how he's folding in on himself, right? Because. Maybe earlier he would have been a little bit more sympathetic, but now he's just going to well, shut it out. And I think a lot of it has to do with what John told him before right. he died. Yeah. You know? So it's making it worse. Exactly. So. But yeah, because he's always been the one who doesn't want to have the chick flick moments. And so right. he's not going to talk to him in a way that would be helpful. He's going to try to just shut it down as quickly right, as possible. Right, but I think a classic Dean would have been more to, like, joke about it and blow it off. But, I mean, in this one, he's actually, like, getting very angry. I think it's because he actually thing. cares about it more. Right. Because well, he agrees more. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. But he doesn't want to show that. Exactly. So. He wants to try to be the bigger brother and have strength for Sam exactly. and all that. Well, and he just... doesn't want to... I think also he just doesn't want to admit that there's he's something scared. wrong with him. Yeah. Right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So I have a question for you, because this okay. is where they see Andy walking, and he walks up to the dude all, hey, and the dude just gives him his coffee, and, like, he walks on down the street. If you could do that, like, Jedi mind control people, would would you just take their coffee and... No. Like, what would you do? 
I would go into a Starbucks or whatever and just get my own. <laughs> I mean, but why would you if you could just see a dude with his coffee? Because no, I but don't I mean, know what kind of that, coffee he's drinking not in that and, or what. What if he has herpes? <laughs> you can't get herpes from sharing coffee with someone. What if I had an open? They call wound it a my... sexually transmitted <laughs> disease, Shannon. Or the, the cold sore ones. On okay, so anyways, that's not my question. My question isn't about the coffee specifically, but just what things would you do if you could control people like that? I would probably try to not do anything that would hurt anybody else. I'd obviously want to make my life better and more right. comfortable with like going and just <clears throat> taking money out of the bank. Um, but not like huge, large proportions that would really screw over. It would probably eventually if i continue doing it i'd have to hit up different banks because i wouldn't want to like screw over the tellers <laughs> you know that are getting screwed by me right because their drawers would be off or whatever so you'd pay um, off your student loans oh yeah i'd pay off my debt <laughs> for sure but then i'd also want to do like good things you know like be able to donate to charity and like go make more people donate to charity <laughs> <laughs> Like, you're going to go on that cancer walk this weekend and also donate some money because you feel like being a good person today. There you go. I don't know. I would go to Define Fitness and get myself a personal trainer and not pay $360 for 12 appointments. Just have a volunteer personal trainer. Yeah. I'll train you off the clock because you're my new best friend. (laughs) Yeah, I wouldn't want to... I wouldn't want to control anybody to, like... You know, like, love me or be my friend. Right. You know, anything that would... I wouldn't want to be a bad person because of it, but I can definitely see myself being very selfish with it. Right. Yeah. I mean... I don't know. I've thought about it a long time. I'd like to think... I've been really poor my whole life. It'd be nice to not be. (laughs) I would like to think that I would be a good person and not, like, manipulate people. And But I think, like, if I got into a situation where things would be a whole lot easier for me if I just... Made if this you had this power, something else. When we go to the supernatural convention, right? In Vegas, exactly, <laughs> you'd be having a lot of sex with a lot of characters. Just, oh, just one, one, really, <laughs> but a lot. <laughs> you homewrecker! It, it's not a homewrecking though. <laughs> they have an open marriage. Oh, that's right. Right. Okay. See? So, I am good at stalking people. I just think you should know that. <laughs> I know where the boundaries are. <laughs> He would do it without your mind control tricks. No, he wouldn't. <laughs> do you have any idea how many people try to sleep with him in those conventions? <laughs> well, good to know what uh, you'd use your power for. I thank you for trying to make me feel better. <laughs> and, you know, and that was honestly like, yeah, that was the first thing. Not that specific person, but that was like the first thing. God, I have a problem. <laughs> that came into mind was, well, I'd probably make people have sex with me. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I want money. And you're like, I want sex. Well, <laughs> I think it's because I prefer that kind of like meaningless, I don't want to fall in love with you type sex, you know? Right. And a lot of people don't want to do that. Like they want to, but they don't think they can. It never can. works. Right. <laughs> Which I'm like, oh, you can. Trust me. Because <laughs> if I do it, then you have to. So. <laughs> But anyways, so yeah, that isn't that, that's terrible, isn't it? A little bit. Yeah. But it's okay. I don't think it is. <laughs> it's fine. All right. Well. All right.
Okay, anyway. I'm sure you're not alone in this at right. all. Yeah, at I know. All. Really kind of burying my soul here on the <laughs> podcast. So everybody knows a little bit more about Leanna now. I don't have a problem. I want that to be known right now. I don't. I don't really stalk somebody. She doesn't. And I'm not actually a sex addict. She's neither of these things. She really just likes a character from the show that comes in later. A lot. And you guys should too. And you will. Yeah. If you haven't watched the show already for some reason. Right. Anyways. Anyways. So we get to... Oh, when they see Annie for the first time, I was like, really? This douche? Like, look at this fucking silk dragon robe he's walking around with. Like, I was so... I mean, like, I guess if you can tell anybody what the fuck you want, you can walk around in pajamas all day, be a people of Walmart. And when and I saw him, I was fine. like, yeah, like, this dude, he knows exactly what he wants, you know? <laughs> and he's, like, not ashamed. He's like, I want that silver... Or that silk robe, and I want this band. I'm gonna have it painted with this, right. and like, I mean, he knew exactly what he wanted, and he just yeah. went for it. And he, he did. did make that woman have sex with him. I just want to. Oh, he absolutely. Did. <laughs> Which is funny because we find out later he's actually really into the waitress, right? But I guess like he's not able to do anything with her because he's not moving that relationship forward. So he's got to get right. off somehow. <laughs> and he's like, I don't have to jack off. I might as well right. go get some. <laughs> that girl's hot. So yeah, I love when they meet Andy. Well, when Dean meets Andy. <laughs> well, yeah, because Sam's like, I'm gonna go find. He's gonna follow the doc, right? Because he's sees... or Dean's gonna yeah. follow Andy. And then Andy just makes Dean give him the car. That is one of my favorite parts. Because <laughs> they're so t- he's like good. talking about, oh, this is a sweet car. And at first Dean's like, yeah. But the more they talk about it, Dean starts getting like more excited. And Andy's like, can I have it, Dean? Yeah, sure. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I just watched so Dean good. get out of the car and stand there. I'm like, I wonder how long it took him to realize he had just totally been mind controlled. <laughs> I'm sure as soon as the guy drove away. Because you can even see the look on his face as he's driving away. He's like, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah. Because <laughs> the, you know, when he does it a little bit later and makes him tell the truth, he, the whole time he's like aware of what's happening. Right. I love that part too. It's really good. So Sam follows the doc, um, pulls a fire alarm to get everybody to come out of the gun store. So which the doctor makes the can't doc, go in there. Right. Um, but he decides to jump in front of a bus anyway. Right. Which is horrible. Right. Poor Sam. Sam always so, sees some terrible shit, man. Yeah. So Sam feels really bad and feels like it's on him and he could have stopped it if he stayed with the guy. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, it's okay. You know, you just want to like pat him on the shoulder or something and be like, <laughs> it's okay. You probably could not have done anything because right. even if you stayed with them, it's clear that he was on a path and he would have done it somehow. And you were going to be able to stop right. that. Right. Um, <clears throat> so... But they're really, they find the car, and Dean's really happy. He's like, oh, baby, I'll never leave again. when Sam sees Andy drive by in the Impala. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's on the phone with Dean, right. and he's like, Dean, Andy has the Impala. Dean, like, I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. But, yes, when they find his van, <laughs> and so they open it. they break into the van, and Dean is like, this is, this is magnificent. Awesome. <laughs> Like he's a like, mattress and yeah, like a, a disco t- ball. Tiger mural. And he's like, Dean's like, I like that tiger. 
Oh my god, I love it. Oh my god. And Dean Dean is just like not believing that Andy could be the killer. Could be doing any like yeah, I mean, yeah. which I'm totally with Dean. I'll look at this guy. Like this yeah. is what he does with his power. Like yeah. he they when Dean sees him in his silk robe stealing a coffee, <laughs> having just had sex with a blonde chick, and then the van and inside the van, he's like, This guy is just and the whole time Sam is like, No. He's the one. He's obviously right. he's he's like these people doc died of fucking mind control, obviously. Right. And we saw what he can do. He took the impala. I, right. Like, why wouldn't <clears throat> it be him? And Dean's just like, it just, it just doesn't, doesn't feel, feel right. right. Like, yeah. It doesn't though. And uh <clears throat> So, <laughs> this is when they're following Andy, and Andy comes up to the car, and he's like, hey, who are you guys? And tell Sam's, me the truth. Sam's like, we're two lawyers. And he's like, tell the truth. Yeah. <laughs> Sam's like, we're lawyers. And Dean just saw, we hunt demons and evil spirits. spirits. <laughs> and things you wouldn't imagine in your worst nightmare. <laughs> and Sam's me. like, what? Stop it. And he's like, I'm I'm trying. <laughs> Well, and then it's horrible because then Dean says the whole like, and I'm really worried that my brother's a total freak and like he's gonna start killing yeah. people. Oh, wow. Well, he does. He says all he says is he, he that he's like we're here because um, my brother has a p- ability to see and um, he has these psychic uh, psychic abilities and he feels that it's gonna turn him into a murderer. Right. Um, and I'm starting to think he might be, might right. be right. Yeah. <laughs> Just like oh no, I and Sam just it. looks at him, and you're just like oh fuck. <laughs> um, and while this is happening, um, so they separate, and Sam is like stay in the car. You're, you're not like, going near don't, Andy. Right? Don't worry, don't worry. And so Sam and Andy are talking, and while they're talking, Sam has another premonition about the lady lighting herself on fire at the gas station. Right. right. Um. And so Dean goes to check it out. She's already dead when he gets there. So he's like, dude, it cannot be Andy. We have been with him this whole time. Right. And so Sam is finally on board and like, okay, he's not him. And so they sit down and they're starting to talk. And Sam is asking him about his family and if his mom died in a fire in the nursery. And he's like, no. Well, don't we find out he's adopted? Yeah. Yeah. But... We find out he's adopted. I mean, but later, though, it's weird that he didn't mention it because Sam doesn't find out that this guy's house burned down until after the oh, whole thing because he okay. checked Well, because Sam didn't ask him if it burned down. Sam just right. asked him if his mom died when he was young. Right. Okay. And uh, I remember that because Sam's that, like, you didn't think to mention that? And he's like, it didn't really come up. Yeah. <laughs> Which I'm like, it's true. Right. <laughs> Why would he just be like, oh, and by the way, my house burned down? <laughs> um. But, yeah, so <clears throat> he, they're talking. Sam finds out that he was adopted, and he's like, well, that, that's really weird. And then they f- somehow connect the dots that the woman who burned herself is his biological mom. So they go. Well, that's when they go look at the records. They go and they it? break yeah. into the thing. Uh, they look at the records, and they find out she was the biological mom, and he had a twin. Right. An evil twin. Which is pretty classic. Mm-hmm. Named Ansem. Was that his name? Yep. Really? Yep. <laughs> Andy and Ansem? Yep. Poor guy. I would have changed my name too. Yeah. So, well, he didn't change his... Oh, wait. Yeah, he does. He changes his first name, but he also changes his last name. I just kept calling him Weber throughout the rest of it because that was his, right. the last name he changed to. Right. But anyway, he was the busboy at the restaurant 
that we saw in the beginning who mm-hmm. was like, oh, are you guys talking about Andy? He's, He's so, so cool. cool. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so... I like him. The guy who plays Weber, because he's, like, that, like, really nice-looking, total, like, sociopath type guy. (laughs) (laughs) uh, That's always a type of character that I've thought was pretty cool. So, they go back. Or, no, Sam has a premonition of Trace, the waitress, waitress jumping jumping off off the dam. dam. And so they go to the dam um, to stop him. And in the meantime, we're seeing Trace talk to or excuse me, Weber talked to Trace about how he, everybody worked to get them separated and he doesn't want anybody to come between them anymore. And he just wants to be with his twin brother. And that's why he's doing this. Um, So the guys show up in time to save her kind of not right away. Right. um, Well, it's hard because he's still controlling her because he doesn't have to talk to control her. Right. And we find out that he can just control the mind. He has actual mind control. Right. He doesn't have to say anything. And he says it's because he practiced, bruh. Bruh. It's pretty crazy the way he controls her. Because even when they're in the car and he's just talking to her. Because you can tell that she knows he's controlling her and she doesn't want to do the things that he's doing. Um, It reminded me of a book I read. I don't know if I've told you about The Gap Cycle. Have I told you about those books? I don't think so. A set of sci-fi books by Stephen R. Donaldson. Excuse me. Um, Really great series if you haven't read it. But the very first book is called The Real Story. And it's about a girl who um, her whole family dies in a spaceship crash. Um, It crashes into an asteroid. But she's the only one who survives. And this man finds her. And he's like this really horrible person. And he puts this um, thing in her brain that lets him control her completely. And, like, makes her do things. And it's so weird because it's a horrible story. Like, the stuff he makes her do and, like, it's, but it's so, like, I love it. It's such a good book. Um, and then the whole series pans out from there and it gets pretty crazy. It's a really good series. And she, like, escapes and, you know, does all kinds of amazing shit even though she's, like, totally, this, like, totally broken, like, horribly wo- wounded person, you know, so... Okay. It's a really the good gap series. series. The Gap Cycle is cycle. what it's called. Okay. Yeah. I think I have some of them. I'll let you borrow them. Okay. Anyways, sorry. Um, so, uh, Weber controls by the mind, and he's talking to, um, he's talking about the yellow-eyed demon. He's saying that he came to him in his dreams and told him that he was special and he had plans for him. And so that's kind of when Sam is like, I was right. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? um, he just had the wrong guy. Um, and Andy is talking to his brother and he's like, you are fucking crazy. Like, you like, find out you have a twin normal, right? you go to him and you're like, hey, let's go get coffee. Right. <laughs> you don't kill everybody around me. And Dean, in the meantime, is like attempting to be the sniper from afar. Which is pretty sweet. <laughs> and then almost fucking kills himself yeah. because the guy realizes what's happening. Yeah. And he, like, mind controls him. Luckily, Andy shoots his own brother and we don't have to lose Dean because that would have been a really short season. <laughs> <laughs> and series. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, Sam hasn't been affected and wasn't affected the whole time because... He's also psychic, psychic so right? And so they his, can't control him, right? Um, 
And then, because he, you, he, well, because Tracy understands what Andy can do, and she becomes very scared of him. And well, he actually uses his power on her. Oh, that's because right. she's about to like hit him or something. Right, right. Weber is going to make him. Oh, Weber was making him her, and hit he's him. like, "Trace, stop!" Right, and she just stares at him like, and stops. But she's just like, "What the hell you did can you see just she's do?" Like, really right? scared. Yeah. Um. So I even put in the notes right here because the episode wasn't over and I didn't remember it. I was like, why, if the, if this Weber kid is a demon, why did their mom not have the same fate? Was it because of the adoption? Because their biological mom burned at the gas station. Right. Not when they were six months old. Right. But I'm assuming it's because they were not in a nursery in her home when they were six months old. And that's why. Right. Because. Well, it was when they were finally together that she did it. You know, I mean, they weren't together together, but they were in the same city doing the same things with each other you know right it's just because everybody's house burns down when they're six months old well not all of them remember because they say that there was a lot of things in this one that didn't happen to other people they say that when they get back to the roadhouse right well because ellen actually is the one who tells them that andy's house burned down on his six-month birthday she was the one who gave them that information oh she did yeah when they go back oh i thought that that scene that you're talking about where um Sam was like, well, you didn't think to mention that? That's when he said he was adopted. No, and, I mean that when they were at the roadhouse and they were talking to Ellen, they're like, it could be anyone. It doesn't have to be oh, someone yeah. well, who's no, house they say that down. afterwards, right. after the fact, because the pattern right. was off path this time. Right. But she was the one who found that out. Oh, okay. She tells them, yeah, Andy, because she was like, because that's when she was like, hey, Joe, go get us beer. And she's like, no. And she's like, go, go. Okay. away. Okay. And she's like, Ash... Gave me all this information, and she like right. th- throws it down on the bar, and she's, and she's like, "Tell me what's up." And they don't want to at first because oh, that's right. And she's like, "No secrets, no half truths." <laughs> like, you don't know who right. you're talking to, lady. Yeah, <laughs> but they do tell her. Um, they let her know that about you know what's been going on with Sam, the patterns and right. Why well, they even tell her what's been going on with Sam, right? Exactly, which they haven't told anybody, right? Which is nice for them in the long run because they see that Ellen is totally on board to help them. Right. You know, right. she's she doesn't care about what's going on with Sam. Right. She's just like, okay, well, let's figure out what's well, going on. What we can do to stop it. But in that information that Ash had, that's where they find out Andy's house did burn down when he was six months old. Uh-huh, Nobody okay. died, but it did burn down. And um, uh, that's when... Sam speaks up and he's like, and I checked Weber's files and that's what it was. There was no no fire or anything. He's like, so it could be anybody, right? Because he doesn't fit Fit the the pattern, pattern. right? Um, so, so I was reading up on um, I always call it the monster, but it's not really a monster, but just what to study about this uh episode to talk about. And so first I was like, oh, we'll do the evil twin. But that was just going nowhere. That was just going down like the, here's all the cliche, like, shit you can look at with evil twins. Um, I couldn't find any, like, real cases of that. And so then I thought, well, we could look at it like a doppelganger type thing. Right. But that didn't work either because those are mostly, like, spirits. And then I thought telepathy. And it was like, (laughs) no, that's just talking to people with your mind. So I was like, okay, what about mind control? And they're like, no, that's just brainwashing. And so I'm like, okay. (laughs) So I was like, what about telepathy, mind control by telepathy? And that just went down some really weird uh, forums on the internet. And so (laughs) I was like, not going to talk about that. So I went ahead and um, studied twins that were separated at birth. 
Okay. Because that is something that happens. And I found this absolutely incredible story. So, sorry, it's going to be... Anyway, we're going to start from the top. These two gals... This is in Colombia. These two gals, Janice and Laura. um, Laura works at an engineering firm, and Janice is her friend. And they're going on a barbecue that weekend. And uh, they stop at the butcher shop by Janice's house to pick up some meat. And Laura sees uh, this guy who... She works with at the engineering shop, like working at the butcher shop. His name's Jorge, and she's like Jorge, and he just kind of looks at her and like kind of waves. But she's like, "What the hell is he doing here?" And Janice's like, "No, that's not Jorge. His name's William." And she's like, "No, that's Jorge." Janice's like, "No, that that's William." And so she's like, "Okay, that's weird." And so the weekend's over. Monday shows up, and she goes to work at the engineering firm, and she tells Jorge, "Dude, I saw this guy who looks exactly like you." And Jorge's like, "Oh, that's weird." He's like, I do have a twin brother, but we're fraternal twins. We don't look anything alike. And she's like, oh, well, that's like really weird, you know. But she doesn't really follow up with it or anything. And um, like a month later, she helps her friend Janeth get a job at the firm. And so then Janeth meets Jorge and she like flips out. She's like, that's just too weird. Um, so she went back to the butcher shop and showed William like a picture of Jorge. And, she, and he was like, oh my god he just laughed and thought it was crazy I'm like that it was just one of those weird coincidences right um like around six late months later she quits um but kind of always felt bad that she didn't really say anything to Jorge because she didn't really know him all that well um so she texted Laura a picture of William well you need to show this to Jorge and see, see what he has to say uh so he sees the picture and he's like what the fuck like how could you have not shown this picture to me already um, and so they know who he is, and so he goes to his Facebook page, and they start looking at a bunch of pictures of him, and he's just, like, getting more and more weirded out. Like, I don't understand how this is possible. And then they get to a picture of him with another dude. They're at a bar. They're doing shots, and the other guy looks exactly like Jorge's fraternal twin brother. His name is Carlos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... Um, and that's when things, that was some horrors, like, this is just really weird. So here's what we know about the two sets, because William also has a twin brother, who's right. a fraternal twin. So Jorge and Carlos grew up together in Bogota, which is like the capital of Colombia. Um, Carlos is an accountant, Jorge works at the engineering firm, right? Then there's these other sets of twins, fraternal twins, William and Wilbur, who grew up like way out in the country, like country country of Colombia, like uh, they worked on a sugar cane farm. Um okay. And they moved to Bogota, and William was the manager of that butcher shop, and and Wilbur worked there. So, William meets Jorge, you know, they want to meet each other, and they meet, and it's just, it's just so weird. And so what they end up learning is that one set of twins was born to a family that lived in the country, but they were very premature, and so they got transported from there to a hospital in Bogota. And then another set of twins, that was in early December 1988, another set of twins was born in that same hospital in late December of 1988, and by total accident, two of the kids were swapped. Oh my God. <laughs> and so when those families went home, they thought they still had their twins, you know what I mean? There wasn't any really w- way of knowing that they had originally had identical twins, they just knew they had twins. Um and so everybody's like, oh, we had fraternal twins. And those two kids grow up with, like, totally different families just thinking that they have a fraternal twin brother. 
Um, well, you can know when you're pregnant if it's fraternal or identical. I don't think when you're, I don't think you could in 1988 in Colombia. Probably not. Right. <laughs> but I mean, with an ultrasound, because they share the same, uh, there's two different embryos or sacs or whatever if you're fraternal and it's the shared if right. you're identical. But can you see that through an ultrasound? I don't think you can mm-hmm. see that through an ultrasound. I'm pretty really? sure you can. That's how my sister found huh. out about her. But anyway, oh, probably okay. in 88 in Columbia. Right. Probably not. Yeah. So at least um, they didn't care to know because right. Um so I was just like what are the odds of this? Like right. how crazy is that? And then for them to find each other. Right. Like that and so I was like, well, it may, maybe it's not that big a city. So the city where the in the country where they lived is called Santander. And it's like an eight-hour drive from Bogota. Okay. Bogota is the largest and most populous city in Colombia. And as of the 2005 census, has 6.7 million people in it. And so, yeah, out of all of that, somehow these people found each other. And, I mean, for William and Jorge, it was, like, really exciting for them. And they were happy and they thought it was so cool. But, like, for Wilbur and Carlos, they were both kind of, like, this kind of sucks. Like, you know, we grew up with, like, the wrong people. We don't really have, like, a real family is what they started feeling like. So it's kind of interesting that the two sets of identical twins had the same reaction to the whole thing. Right. And so they've all four participated in a lot of studies about the whole nature versus nurture right. thing that's been going well, on. I've read a lot of different things about twins, like, who have been separated, adopted, and taken across the country right exactly and you know they end up doing a lot of the exact same things right like that chick tammy or whatever in florida and her sister in like california or whatever right they had the same apartment with the same dog and they named it the same and well and it's like the guys the two guys named jim who like both married women who had the same first names and then both divorced those women and then married new women with like the same first names like yeah it's just weird. Yeah, this Twins one, the one I was just reading not too long ago, it was like her name was Tammy or something, and she lived in Florida, and her sister was like Tracy. She lived in California. They both had a dog with the same name. They both had the same style of apartment. They were both married to the man with the same name, and they both had the same nuts. exact job. See, that's nuts. And then they found each other by because they both went to like Hawaii or some shit on a vacation. Seriously? Yeah, like at the same time. <laughs> yes, and they they ran into each other on their vacation. How weird! And found each other. Could you and imagine? That's that? how they. That's how we know, obviously, about What's all those going similarities. On with them, right. Well, yeah, that story was nuts. <laughs> so if you if you want to read more about it, that's just the real basic, you know, breakdown of it. But uh, there's a really good article about it in the New York Times magazine um, just search for the mixed up brothers of Bogota and it goes not just through the events that happened but it talks to the brothers a lot to get like their perspective on how things went that's crazy yeah it was it was one of the craziest stories I've read pretty cool stuff <coughs> um so back to the episode sorry I <laughs> didn't mean to cut you off <laughs> no it's okay were you done yeah or? no that's everything um did you have anything else overall to say about the episode? Or do you have, you want to no, go into I your favorites? We, yeah, I think I went over everything I wanted to. Do you have a favorite uh, song? Um, my, favorite, <laughs> my favorite moment is just when Dean gives the Impala to Andy. That's hilarious. I yeah. really like at the end, too, um, 
when they know they're no longer alone in this hunt because yeah. Alan's like on board with them. Also, when Annie makes Dean tell the truth and when he made him give up the car. Yeah. <laughs> Those are my moments. <laughs> Um, my favorite line was the Ario Speedwagon one. Oh, okay. Um, and my favorite line is when they open up the van and they're looking at all of his stuff in the van and Dean picks up that bong and he's like in Moby Dick's bong. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And my favorite song is, I'm going to have to go with Fell on Black Days by Soundgarden. Yeah, me too. Um, it, you literally hear just the like first two words of it. But I was like, oh, Soundgarden. Yeah, no, and it was just a good call for that. Right, the closing. Yeah, for the closing. It's as she's getting whiskey for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that's... Oh, body count on this was three. So we have the doctor, the oh, mom, and the uh, Weber. Weber, yeah. There we go. We're tracking. We're tracking. All right. Well, I'm done with that one. Are you? Yeah. All right. Well, everybody, we will be right back with no exit. To no Exit, directed by Kim Manners, Woo-hoo. and written by Matt Witten. Matt Witten. <laughs> Matt Witten. I didn't want to fuck it up. <laughs> and then but that's it. your signature. <laughs> it's true. Um, so this one's in Philadelphia, and we see a girl in her apartment. The lights are flickering. Um, so she. Oh, and then she sees like a bunch of black goo like fall on her shoulder. Um, and so she calls the landlord, all oh, dude, you've got to fix these lights. Like, this apartment's a mess. You said it would be ready to move in. Uh, and she's kind of being really mean to him, which I'm like, good for you, you know? Right. So it sounds like he says he'll send someone out. So she hangs up. Um, then she sees more of the goo fall, and then there's, like, these scratching and, like, thumping noises. And so she follows them to, like, the wall in her kitchen, and then a bunch of goo starts pouring out of the vent in her kitchen. And instead of, you know, saying, maybe I should get out of here, um, she stares at it. For, like, five solid minutes. And gets, like, really close to it, (laughs) and then this, like, creepy eye pops up in the vent, and then, title card. Right. (laughs) Because, you know. I mean, I guess I could say I would get out of there at that point, but maybe I wouldn't. I don't really know. I mean, I would probably look. So you're seeing this black gelatinous goo, like, seep out of the, like, light socket. Right. And I'd probably be like, what the fuck is that? Right. So what I... But I wouldn't, like... But that's what I could <laughs> stare so I longly could say at that, it. But I would, because you know what I would be thinking is, should I touch it? Like, yeah. <laughs> what is that? Is it gonna burn me? Like, or You'd probably go get like a knife or something? Right. Start like I start fucking around with it. I don't. But the thing that would kind of like be a red flag is all of the scraping the noises and, and thumping noises, yeah. right? And then the flickering lights, and I'd be like, well, this is all getting a little weird. I've watched too much Supernatural right. to stay in my house right now. I'm leaving. <laughs> I've always gotten scared about flickering lights. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. 
Like these lights in my room right here constantly. One one of the light bulbs comes on and goes off like constantly, and it flips. Clearly, it's a haunting. Well, yeah. Yeah. Didn't I tell you? You knew about my haunted apartment. (laughs) Remember when I lived on the west side? Yes. God, that place was haunted, and nobody believes me. So we got a. My husband and I got evacuated from our home on Friday. Uh, It's Monday now, but um, because there's a forest fire. Because there's a forest fire really close to our house. And the house we're staying in now has these, like, loose cabinets. They're very easy to get in and out of. Mm-hmm. And the cats keep going in. <laughs> and so we'll come into the kitchen, and it's like... Frank did a tweet about it today, actually, about how it, he seems... A poltergeist seems to have been busy while we're away. Because all, <laughs> all the, the fucking cabinets are open. open. And it's a little unnerving. Yeah. Because it happened to me this morning... Or, no, last night, because he went... His birthday was yesterday, and he went out for coffee with a friend... And I heard some noise in the kitchen. I'm like, what is going on in there? And I go in, and the fucking two cabinet doors are just open. <laughs> well, I, I gotta go. <laughs> and there was a moment. I was just like, I'm just gonna leave. Oh, fuck this. Like, I'm just right. gonna, because I don't know this house well enough. Right. Like, we're literally, we just moved in here. Quote, unquote, moved in, because we're yeah. just staying for the week. But yeah. I was just like, um, but then I realized, okay, the cat yeah. probably got into yeah. it, and... <laughs> No, my apartment, though, like, I would, you know, the big thing that I would always hear, which was just so weird, is it would sound like something had just, like, dropped onto the carpet, like, right next to me or, like, a little ways away from me, like, something had fallen. Like, not a huge thing, but just, like, a little, like, if you dropped, like, a quarter or something, it was just, like, pook. And I was, like, what the fuck was that? And I could never figure out what was making that noise. And then when I would go into my apartment or into my bathroom, all of my towels would be on the floor. Every time? Uh, not every time, but it was never just one of them. It was always all of the towels. And they weren't, like, hung on rods where they could, like, slide off. They were hung on hooks over the counter. So even if they fell off the hooks, they'd probably still be on the counter. But no, they'd just be on the floor. That's a weird ghost. Yeah. Well, I mean, ghosts <laughs> aren't drop, really normal. I'm going to drop quarters around and well, I mean, it take wasn't her a towels. Quarter. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to assume it was a quarter. Well, I mean, I think funny. that might have been poltergeist. <laughs> like, you know, they're trick- tricksters. They are. But yeah, no, that would happen all the time. And nobody believed me. But I it believe was, you, Liana. It was a haunted house. And the lights would flicker a lot. Of course, none of this ever happened when John was home. <laughs> no. No. Why would it? Right. <laughs> Okay. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> so, in the episode, the boys are at the roadhouse, and Joe and Ellen are in a huge fight. Yeah. And, um, basically, Joe wants to go on a hunt. Ellen won't let her. And so, the boys, um, go in, and <laughs> in the midst of the whole fight, this family comes in, <laughs> and they're all wearing Nebraska's for lovers shirts, <laughs> which I found to be rather amusing. Um... And they're like, are you open? And <laughs> the exact Ellen's same. like, yes. And Joe's like, like, no. <laughs> and they're like, well, we'll just we'll try the, the trailer house down the street. Yeah. Um, so Joe tells the boys about the case. Dean's actually quite impressed with her ability to put together a file. And Ellen's like, if you guys think it's so great, why don't you take it? And they're like, okay. All right. Um, so they're at the apartment. <clears throat> they broke in. Right. And they're searching around. And Sam finds the black goo coming out of the light 
fixture. And I'd just like to say that they've gotten a lot better at this point at noticing things. Right. Because, like, last season they'd be, like, searching the whole room and not find anything until, like, the very last place they looked. So right. now they, they seem a little more in tune. This with, is good. With where... This is a hilarious part, because De- Sam touches it, and he's like, holy shit, and Dean comes over, and he's like, <laughs> that's ectoplasm. Well, Sam, I think I know what we're dealing with here. <laughs> it's a Stay Puff Marshmallow ad. <laughs> and I thought ectoplasm was, you know, like, green and gooey from watching the Ghostbusters, but... Do you want me to talk about it Apparently, now? it's yeah. also black. Well... Take it away. So, uh... Yeah, I studied ectoplasm for this one. I was going to do the killer, but no, this is way more interesting. Um, so ectoplasm is actually something when it was first discovered uh, that was said to be formed by mediums when they were in like their states of trance, like okay. holding a seance and stuff. And it would excrete, excrete from like the orifices on their body. So sometimes their nose or their mouth or their Gross. genitals. Yeah. Um, and it was like this weird kind of almost like a cloth like substance, but it was more like oh, malleable. Oh, they do than that in that movie. Um... Oh god, damn it! Something about the quiet ones or something. Oh, and they're I've doing like a one. seance, and like it's coming out of her mouth, and yeah. it looks like a like piece of fabric just right. floating in the air. Yeah, and so what it, the way that they said that it would be formed, and that spirits would use it to like drape it over themselves. So that people what? could see them and, and interact with them. Um, which is kind of like, it seems like that's where we got the whole put a sheet over yourself right. to be a ghost <laughs> like type thing. Um, and so what people would say is that it would begin pretty much clear and invisible. Like you couldn't really see it. Um, and then the more psychic energy you put into the seance that's happening, the darker it gets in color. Oh. Um, so there was a really famous medium who... Um, she would do a lot of like the table levitations and, uh, table spinning, like during her, right. her seances. Um, and so there was one guy who was like, her name is Catherine or Kathleen Golliger. And so there was one gentleman who was very interested in what she did. So he went and, and studied a lot of her seances and, um, he claimed to have obtained what they call flashlight photographs of the ectoplasm. I'm not entirely sure what those are because this was quite a while ago and this was all happening. Um, and he said that it's something that if you're there watching the seance, you can't really see it. Of course. Oh, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but you could feel it. Like, they could touch it. Um, and that she used the ectoplasm to make psychic rods, he called them, to levitate the table and spin it. Um... And that the ectoplasm was most frequently extruded from her genitals. Oh, lovely. <laughs> um, and so you can go online, and if you Google just ectoplasm, you'll find a lot of really old pictures of what people were doing during these seances and what the ectoplasm was. And, like, people with, like, just cloth, like, coming out of their mouth. Like, it was, like, muslin coming out of their mouth, and then it would be, like, draped over like this thing over here that people would think was a spirit um and it would be coming out of their mouths you would see it coming out of their ears and their nose um there was one woman who claimed she could have it it would come out of her ear and she could make it into the face of whatever spirit it was they were talking to um and there's pictures of it like she has this big 
piece of like cloth coming out of her ear and on the side it's like a face it looks like and not like oh kind of like it looks like a face <laughs> like, <laughs> like you know and and it's just so weird some of the medians would have just like like you know the fake uh cobwebs you get for yeah. halloween it would be kind of like that but it would just be smeared like all over their faces and like going up and like connected to the wall and like all over their arms and their hands because it would be like really gooey too it's some creepy weird shit <laughs> when you look at it online so go look at it don't do it at work because a lot of these pictures were not safe for work <laughs> um, um but obviously Kath- kathleen Gallagher was later just debunked and the whole reason that it was coming from her genitals all the time was because she actually just kept it between her legs and during the seance would pull it out. Right. And, you know. Magic trick. With it. Right, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, so I was really excited about <laughs> ectoplasm, like the more I read about it. It's pretty fucking weird. It's <laughs> really weird. Now, it makes a lot sense. Ugh. It makes a lot more sense now after watching that horror movie See? not too long I ago. Know. I was like, why are they making like cloth come out of this person's well and then it also makes sense of the whole because i would always wonder like why are ghosts always like draped in like ragged fabric you know like they're always like these torn up dresses or these cloaks or and i'm like why like why is that always the ghost but now that's why ghosts are so flowy and and fabric like is because that's the ectoplasm makes sense that makes them visible to you so yeah in the show (laughs) It's only left behind by majorly pissed off spirits, according to the Winchesters. So, they now have an idea of what they're looking for uh, as a vengeful a spirit. Very, a very vengeful right. spirit. Yeah. Um, and so they're out in the hall, and a girl and the landlord are coming down the hall talking about the apartment and how she wants to look at it. And it turns out to be Joe. <laughs> And the boys are very surprised, and Joe pretends that Dean is her boyfriend, and that they're going to buy the apartment, and... I think they're going to rent it. Sorry, yeah, rent it. And then she just hands the guy a wad of cash, cash. and she's like, we'll take it. And it... I love that whole scene, because Dean just keeps slapping her, like, in the back. Yeah. (laughs) Like, oh, yeah, she's great. (laughs) Like, what the fuck are you doing here? Exactly. So they're in the apartment, and Dean is telling Joe she shouldn't lie to her mother. Um, she shouldn't be there. And Sam's like, where'd you get all that money? Right. And she tells him it was at the roadhouse. And Dean's like, hunters don't tip that well. <laughs> Which I thought was hilarious. Which I also find true. <laughs> yeah, because they don't make a living off of right. this. So. But apparently they're very bad at poker. And that's how she has well, the money. There you go. Um... So Ellen actually calls Dean and he decides to lie for Joe and tells Ellen that he hasn't seen Joe yet. Mm-hmm. And then Joe just gives him like the biggest, sweetest, like shit eating grin smile ever. <laughs> um, so she's working with them and researching and trying to figure out what or who this could be. Right. So they can figure out how to, you know, go salt and burn the bones and all that good stuff. And... They can't find anything at this time. Joe just knows that it used to be a warehouse before the apartments, and before that it was just an empty field. Right. So they're thinking maybe um, cursed items. Right. So they're going to go scan the entire building for cursed items. And Dean makes Joe go with him because... She's not going to go by herself. Right, because she's the type 
of the de- of the spirit blonde. Right. And... He goes specifically for blonde girls. Right. Um, <clears throat> so and then they're walking, and she goes, "You know what? I've had it up to here with your crap." And he's like, "Excuse me." She's like, "You're chauvinistic crap. Yeah. You think women can't do the job?" And he's like, sweetheart, this ain't gender studies. <laughs> Women can do their job fine. Amateurs can't. You have no experience. What you do have is a bunch of half-baked romantic notions that some barfly has put in your head. Boom. <laughs> I was like, you tell her, Dean. Oh, snap. <laughs> um, so... I, I guess they're back in the apartment again. Or well, no, no it's in, in the, the hallway hall, when he right. tells her. Cause, and she starts picking something up on her EMF reader. Right. Well, before that, he tells, um, or it's I think it's right after that, because she's like, but you love this job. Oh, yeah. And he's like, yeah, but I'm twisted. <laughs> right. Well, and he says that he was started when he on was this really job young. so young that he actually wishes he could do something else. Right. And then that's what Which is a pretty like, surprising thing to hear him say. Exactly. But that's when she's like, you love it. And he's like, yeah, but I'm twisted. And he, mm-hmm. he's he's telling her, you know, you have a good thing. A mom who wants a better life for you. Like, right. you shouldn't just throw that away. Right. Um, and so they kind of have a moment. And he just walks away and kind of leaves her to think about it. And you can tell she's like, all right. Well, maybe. She, yeah, she yeah. can see that he's not just being an asshole to be an ass. He, like, right. has or a... Or treating a, her like a little kid or... Right. He has yeah. a point behind it all. Exactly. Um, but yeah, she does pick something up on the vent and that was like another really good shot for me. I just really like the creep factor of just seeing like four fingers come through the vent. Yeah. As she's standing there and like, so, (laughs) um, this is something I wanted to ask you because we also watched The Conjuring 2 and one of our favorite scenes is when the nun's shadow goes behind the painting and the hands come out. Right. What the fuck is it about fingers that is so creepy? I don't know. But they are so creepy. So creepy. I mean, maybe it's just like I mean, because a lot of the shit in that movie and in horror movies to me would be creepy if I saw in real life. Right. But I just think not knowing and not getting the full picture maybe, there's the mystery there. Right, but my whole thing is you could do that with anything. But why is it fingers? I don't that know. Maybe they like, just because of the it. way they look. Yeah. But then the more I thought of, I was thinking about it at work today. Because <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck's with fingers? They are pretty weird. Like if yeah. you look at our hands, our fingers are fucking weird. <laughs> like, <laughs> but that's <laughs> creepy. Even right. Painted beautiful right hand with if your a rings and your nails. Finger right. came over the yes. table right now. I would, I would probably just yeah. die actually. Yeah, no, like a fucking aneurysm or something. And then I was thinking about what if aliens came and they saw our fingers? They would probably be totally grossed <laughs> out by them. <laughs> what the fuck are those? Why would anybody do that? They're gross. What see? the fuck? See, see. <laughs> The light bulb just blinked on. I just wanted to point that out. (laughs) It's because we're talking about creepy shit, and they're like, oh, they're talking about me. Right. They're talking about me right now. That's that's the light bulb. Now somebody has finally witnessed it. Jesus Christ. All right. Anyways. (laughs) So, yeah, fingers are weird. Fingers are creepy. Um, So, Dean is smelling something where she's finding uh, the the readings. readings, But he can't put his finger on it. but they do open the vent and he like grabs a wad of bloody blonde hair from inside the vent. I totally thought really he was going to like fuck with her. 
when he had his yeah. in the vet. <laughs> just like, that would have been a very Dean thing yeah, to do. Yeah, but he didn't. <laughs> Missed opportunity, Dean. Um, so they go back, and um, in the meantime, the thing is stealing another blonde in a different apartment. And uh, I liked her because she actually uh, immediately tries to leave and call for help. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I was like, finally. Right. <laughs> and one of the things I hate more than anything, I don't know why, not more than anything, there are things I hate more than this, but one of the things that just really bothers me is people scratching, like, on oh, walls and on the floor. And, like, somebody's dragging her away. That. She's, like, scratching her nails on the floor, like, trying to get away. Oh, my God. One of the worst parts for me in Stir of Echoes and The Ring, mm. both moments, are when they're scratching and their fingernail oh, fucking breaks off. Oh my god! Off yes, I can't handle that. Yeah, if that's in a horror movie, that's you're it. gonna just. I'm done. Right. <laughs> like I hate when that happens. Yeah. Um. Anyway, but they it takes her and then it goes back to the apartment and we see Dean asleep in like the most uncomfortable position <laughs> ever. I love it. Which I looked when I was looking up stuff. It actually says that this is attributed to. Um, Marty McFly because this is almost identical oh to the way that he sleeps it is. in the Back to the Future trilogies. I never even picked just that up. a nod to that. Nice. So, that is exactly yeah. how he's asleep exactly. at the beginning yeah. of Back to the Future. So they are... Nice catch. They had Dean do that. I, yeah. I just... Somebody else caught it and wrote it on the wiki. Well, there you go. <laughs> so go I just, in my person. notes, I was like, I really like the way the Dean's sleeping position on the chair. It looks really uncomfortable. Yeah, well, I, when I saw that, I was like, holy shit. Um, but yeah, so um, he wakes up. Sam's gone for coffee. And so Joe and Dean get to have another moment. And I actually found out that this is when um, Sam had to have time off for something. I can't or Jared had, had had time off. I, it might have been for the cast that he had on. I can't remember exactly, but that's why he isn't as... Uh, oh, so he's kind of in and out in this one. Yeah, that's why I we're see. seeing a lot more Dean and Joe than okay. Sam and Dean. Because um, he had a... There was a reason for it, and I fucking didn't write it down like an idiot. But anyway... <laughs> um. She, Joe keeps twirling around this knife, and so Dean gets out a bigger knife and hands it to her, and she's like, what's this for? And he's like, it's better than that pig sticker you have. And she hands it to him, and it's got the initials of her dad engraved on it. And so when he sees it and she says the name, he's like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My like mistake. Back to her, yeah. Right? Um, and then they have their little father first memory moments. Yeah. And it was really sweet and... We find out that John Winchester took Dean Winchester shooting when he was six or seven. <laughs> but apparently he was amazing because he bullseyed every <laughs> time. Right. Which is pretty fucking good. That is. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Joe just talks about what it was like having her dad be a hunter and, and like come home and smell him. Yeah. yeah. And, and she does say smell his leather jacket. And I'm like, is there like a dress code? Right. I think so. (laughs) Do you guys all have to wear leather jackets? Like Um, so Sam comes in, tells him about the missing blonde, and Joe has spotted in the picture the old picture of the empty field, the two buildings that used to be next to it, and one has bars all over the windows. Right. So they deduce that it's probably like a prison or something. Right. Which they find out it's a Moya Minson prison. 
that was built in 1835 and torn down in 1963. And the prison used to actually execute people in an empty field where the apartment building is standing. Mm-hmm. So they're like, okay, well, let's find out who was executed and we'll figure it out from there. And it's 157 people. <laughs> Which is pretty <laughs> So amazing. they're like, we're going to narrow this shit down. And as they're scrolling through it, this is one of my favorite moments. Sam is like, Herman Webster Mudgett? Hey, that's H.H. Holmes' real name. <laughs> and you're like, what the fuck? No, and you know what I know? is because I'm watching this with Jennifer, and Jennifer is obsessed with serial killers. Like, uh-huh. she, And she's like, yeah, that is. And I had to pause so she could sit there and tell me everything <laughs> she knew about H.H. H. Holmes, and he did this, and he did that. And right. He went by H.H. H. Holmes because when he was like, had, I don't even remember. He but I crazy... love this because this yeah. is when you find out. They don't. They don't outwardly address it or say it specifically, but this is when you find out that Sam is obsessed with serial serial killers. killers. Yeah. And this is, like, our first taste of it. And I just, I love finding out little quirks about, like, characters like that. And I just, so I just love this whole moment where he's, like, really excited. Yeah. And he's like, da 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 yeah, it just made me laugh because Jennifer was exactly the same way. Yeah. Her and, and Sam would be sister. really good friends. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um... But yeah, so according to Supernatural, he was the first, like, real serial killer before America knew what serial killers were back in 1897, or 96, actually. That's when he was executed. He apparently, in the show, confessed to 27 murders, but the death toll put him, like, way over 100. No, that's that's all true. Like, what they say about him in the show is very accurate. Right. Um, But, and his, his victim choice was petite pretty blondes and he used chloroform and that's the smell that dean couldn't put his finger on earlier in the mm-hmm. hallway and he would lock him in like he built a, a building right that had like murder castle yeah in chicago yeah that had traps and booby traps and, and secret rooms and right yeah um freaking nuts man so they do know that he's buried in the town but he's encased in like two tons of concrete because Per his wishes, he didn't want his own body mutilated because that's what he did to people. Right. Which is also actually true. Yes. Um, and um, so they decide to go smash up the walls to see if they can find the most recent blonde who was taken. <laughs> this fucking light. Light's flickering. Anyways. <laughs> um, so they decide to go smash up the walls to see if they can find the blonde because that's his like MO using the walls for like secret rooms and and how the hell is it that they can just walk around a building smashing smash walls walls with sledgehammers (laughs) very good question really you guys nobody tried to stop you at some point well apparently this landlord doesn't give a fuck about his tenants or what's going on in the apartment so maybe he doesn't live there and he doesn't care well i think if i lived there i'd be like what the fuck is that noise yeah (laughs) well as a tenant i would be like right uh (laughs) i think we should call someone yeah so they're in there Joe and Dean once again are together, and Sam is separate. Um, and Joe ends up splitting because of a narrow passageway, yeah, and of course and gets this, taken. Well, yeah, and in this, J- Dean really doesn't put a whole lot of effort in trying to stop Joe from doing stupid things. Right. She just kind of goes. Yeah. So she gets taken. Oh, that was the other and- thing I was going to say is when they're walking through the walls. They all have a really great sense of direction. I know. I was like, how the hell do you know you're going north? Yeah, like, she's like, I'm at the north wall. And I'm like, like and you know this how? how? Like, do you have a compass Like, with you, you just like, turn, like, like three, three times. times. Right, in, like, a closed space. Like, 
you have no point of reference, but yeah, so I was, that was pretty impressive. I guess that's like a hunter thing. That's what I'm. That's what I would assume. Um, Ellen calls Dean. She knows that it's bullshit and that Joe's with them because Ash folded. Yeah. And told her everything, and Dean, you know, is honest with her and tells her that she got stolen or taken, but he's gonna get her back. And Ellen is fucking pissed, and she's like, oh, "I'm yeah. on my next flight." Um, Sam finds out while Dean is on the phone that he would be using the basement in this situation but since the building doesn't have a basement it would be the sewer system so then they take a metal detector and they go and they find and a shovel right <laughs> so they're walking around the streets of philadelphia with a metal detector and a shovel right like really really subtle guys <laughs> lucky for them it wasn't in that back alley and it was right. in a dirt field right <laughs> So they find the hatch to the sewer system and they get down there. And I actually really liked the shot of Dean putting his flashlight down and you see all the cockroaches like scatter. Yeah. I was like, that was disgusting. That's a good touch, guys. Nice touch. So here's a little side note about that scene when they're climbing down into the shaft that goes down to the um, sewer. I don't know if I've already told you this or not, or if you have that in your notes or not, but because they would always fuck with people on set. Like they would do a lot of pranks on people. And so in this scene, when they're both climbing down there and they're both finally like all the way in <laughs> and people on the set come up and they dump two gigantic buckets of ice water <laughs> <laughs> on top of them that is awesome oh my so, god yeah I thought that was great <laughs> that's good because they're the ones who are usually especially jared oh he's the worst he's so that's yeah. good that they got him yeah that's because he was right on top <laughs> yeah <laughs> Well, he would have got hit more anyway because he's taller. Yeah, but still, it was. I that was just so great. That is pretty awesome. <laughs> so Joe wakes up in a box, just scratches on the roof, um, and she talks to the girl, and it's a very like Star Wars moment. Like, I'm here to rescue you. <laughs> I just like how we only see Teresa's eyes. Yeah, like through all that. That chick does a really good job with looking absolutely terrified with oh. just her eyes yes yes she does yeah. um i mean that was a great set so yeah it'd be really easy to be kind of scared in there that's very true <laughs> um so <laughs> the spirit comes up and it just looks like a, a bum really and joe's like go to hell and then it just starts molesting her and she Ugh. stabs it with the pure iron little knife that her dad that was her dad's Mm-hmm. Um, then it comes back and it's like suffocating her. Right. The boy is busting to save the day. I love the shot of them climbing through the sewer pipes because it's very um, Shawshank Redemption. Oh, yeah. And and you know what else it reminded me of is in Aliens when Bishop goes through the tube uh-huh. to get to the uh, landing Those platform. are both really good movies. Yeah. That's, those are the two <laughs> things it made me think of. Understandably so. Um... So, Dean is like, okay, we are going to use you as bait now, because you're all we have. Um, and, because they don't have any other way to, like, really deal with this right, spirit. Right, so. exactly. And I love when they cut into that scene, and they tell her that, and so then we cut to where she's just sitting there waiting for him, because it starts uh, close up on one of the corpses in one of the boxes down right. there, and then it just pans slowly up, and through the crack, we just see Joe, like, sitting there. Yeah, and like, she's... that's a little ominous. Very visibly upset. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but they have it, this little 
room rigged so there's salt all the way around except the doorway and when the spirit comes through they shoot the top of it which drops the salt to complete the circle so it's it's trapped trapped in there in a circle which is the only way they could deal with it and joe made a really good point when they came out she was like what if it rains or somebody lets them out right and they're like oh don't worry or sam's like don't worry we have a plan for that and dean just shows up with the stolen cement truck (laughs) and they pour cement down into the shaft and so is that just to stop like rain and and wind i'm guessing because if if it goes all the way into the room that is going to disrupt well, and the I just don't line. see it ever going all the way into the room. Like, right. just... I would imagine it would just be for the shaft itself because right. I think that was the only way in and out of that particular uh, room. Yeah, at least this is right. what I'm going to right. assume <laughs> for the yeah. sake of this episode <laughs> is that they were blocking the shaft itself, making it just a block of concrete so nobody could just, you know, walk right. down in there. Right, exactly. And it would be a lot harder for any kind of like water or anything like to that to pass the... through. Okay. Um, so that's what I'm yeah, going to go with. that sounds about right. <laughs> um, so then they all drive. Ellen has showed up, but they're, the next shot is all of them in the car driving back to the roadhouse together. And she's so mad. And, it's like awkward. Like you can yeah. feel how awkward it feel is just watching it. Just, yeah. And then Dean's <laughs> like, all right, let's put on some music. And it's Foreigner. <laughs> Cold as ice, which is fucking amazing. And she just shuts, shuts it, off it off right away. And I was like, yes. Oh, my God. That's perfect. So she's like, give us a minute when they get back. And Ellen finally tells Joe that John Winchester is responsible for their father's death. Yeah. We don't know how. We don't know why. But apparently John fucked up and it got their father killed. Yeah. Or her father killed. So then Joe comes out all pissed off at Dean <laughs> and she's like just leave me alone and he's like alright bye and she's like wait it's your fault your father's fault right just go away oh I can see why she wouldn't want to be around them oh know? I can see that it was just yeah. kind of like whoa yeah and I mean it's just it, it it makes everything so much more difficult for Sam and Dean all the stuff that they don't know right you know exactly. like if they had known that's what had happened they would have done everything they could to get joe out of there and get her back to ellen you know what i mean like oh absolutely yeah. no way would have dean or sam been like yeah that's yeah. fine you can stay you can stay no they would have told ellen yeah. immediately exactly and so yeah it just another reason that i hate john winchester yeah father of the year um <clears throat> that's pretty much all i have do you have i have a couple things like outside the episode well, do you want to do favorite moments first? Sure. Um, I like, <laughs> this is also my favorite line, when uh, Dean and Joe are climbing through the, the walls mm-hmm. and she's like wiggling past oh. Joe's pipes. <laughs> he's like, I wish I'd cleaned the pipes. And she's like, what? And he's like, I just I just wish the pipes were clean. <laughs> <laughs> I love that part so much. That's my favorite line. I also, like I said, my one of my favorite moments is when we find out that Sam is obsessed with serial killers yes because of how excited he gets yeah he's just so knowledgeable and i know um my favorite song is foreigner gold as ice of course and my favorite line aside from the ectoplasm part is um the very beginning when dean's like young girl's been kidnapped by an evil cult sam's like yeah girl got a name dean's like katie holmes yeah (laughs) and sarah's like that's funny and for you so bitchy I forgot about that. I'm assuming, I mean, I didn't look it up, but would this be around the time that Kate yeah. Holmes got in with, with Tom, Tom Cruise, Cruise and, and the Scientologists? Scientologists? Yeah. 
Because that makes it fucking hilarious. Yes, it does. <laughs> um, <laughs> body count on this was one. So the first blonde. Right. Um, <clears throat> this episode is apparently named after a play by a French existentialist. That's the one I was talking about in oh. our last member, in our last episode when he, or no, in the first, in the season two opener. Okay. Remember I talked about no exit? Yes. Okay. Uh-huh. This is where it's referenced. I was, I right. was wrong. Sorry. So, the pe- the three people are locked in a windowless room expecting to be tortured. No one arrives, but by probing each other's sins, dark secrets, and thoughts, they torture each other. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. This is the episode that that play is it's based on. Right. <laughs> I was a little ahead of myself. <laughs> um, Dean says Mazeltov to Joe in response to the discovery of the hidden vent when they're in the hallway. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Alonia Tall, the actress who plays Joe, is Israeli. Is she really? Yep. Huh. So, that's why they threw that in there. Um, then when they're, when Sam is reser- doing more research on H.H. Holmes and he's showing them pictures of stuff, the picture of the dead woman he shows is, in fact, Elizabeth Stride, who is a victim of Jack the Ripper. Huh. Um... And a lot of the, like, lore and stuff that I looked up on Holmes is that a lot of people think he and Jack the Ripper are the same person. There's, like, the From Hell letter, and I guess at least 90%, 97% of it matched. What's Holmes the from, Hell, and from Hell letter? The one that I, Jack the Ripper wrote. I don't, I don't know anything about Jack the Ripper. Oh. Um, it's, I didn't. There's a whole lot more to go into uh, that. But okay. She wrote, it's called From Hell, and they had, I guess, Holmes write it too or something? I don't know how they figured it out, but oh, apparently okay. 97% of it matched. Oh, okay. The one that Jack the Ripper left behind for the cops to find, because oh, he was very okay. into Leaving antagonizing clues? the cops. Right. Yeah, okay. the detectives back. The coppers. Um, okay. All right. So, um, but yeah, unlike most of the demons and spirits, the creatures that the Winchesters hunt, this one's actually based off a real person. Um, and his real name was Herman Webster Mudgett, um, or Henry Howard Holmes. Um, a lot of the details they mentioned are true. Like, he did confess to 27. Nine were actually only confirmed. He did build the murder castle, um... And he did use chloroform. Um, he was executed by hanging in Philadelphia. And at his request, he was buried in concrete. So no one could molest his corpse. So all of that, they said, was true. Mm-hmm. Um, Sam's email address in this has changed. It's, it's now... Not law, it's not Lawboy anymore? <laughs> no. It's now swinchester at mail.srv. And in, because there, it's when he's looking at the list of 157 people, you can mm-hmm. see his inbox. And he has a frequent contact with Ash, someone named Ross, about something, quote unquote, important, and something, quote unquote, WTF. <laughs> Does he really? <laughs> and then there's also a D Winchester at mailer.srv receiving email from a few other addresses, including LGS Prime. Hell's Hound, Satan's at Two Noob, <laughs> and PRG34. P- 
or so I'm not sure what any of those mean, huh. but those are the email addresses that are emailing Dean. <laughs> <laughs> there are also multiple account service notices that he either gets a lot of spam or doesn't bother clearing out his spam folder. We find out in this episode that Joe's middle name is Beth. Not that right. that's really important to the podcast, but it might be to us playing trivia in the fall. In the fall, yes. <laughs> um, so that's all I have on the episode. I don't know if you want me to go over the things I found out about Jared and Chips. I think we should. I know we're kind of long at this point, but I would like to hear them. Okay. <clears throat> so um, today at work, I was doing, um, on my lunch break, I kind of cyber-stalked jared and jensen's imdb page just because i was bored and i wanted to read about them and i found some things that were kind of funny and interesting so i wanted to share them with you guys the first thing jared um is six days younger than me (laughs) (laughs) his birthday is july 19th the same year as me and i'm july 13th so we're both cancers and that's it's kind of depressing to know that he's younger than me and so much better at life (laughs) um he is an exceptionally skilled chess player and when asked about his superstitions which i also thought was weird because i do the exact same thing he says whenever he drives under a yellow light he kisses his finger and taps the roof of his car he also does it when he gets on a plane i've never done that but every time i drive through a yellow light i kiss my hand and i touch the roof so i just tap the roof yeah I've never kissed my hand. And I have no idea why I started doing that. I don't know where it came from, but I've been doing it since I could drive. Yeah. (laughs) Um, He loves the smell of cookies baking. During the winter, they have these candles that smell like cookies, and he always buys like a hundred of them. (laughs) (laughs) And burns them all, because he's Sam. Or no, he's He's Jared. Jared. Same thing. No, Jared's a lot weirder than Sam. This is true. Um, Jensen, who was born in 78, um, four years older than, um, Jared, Jared, which is identical to their characters. They're both the age that they are in the show and they're both four years apart, which I think is just really That's really cool. Because cool, yeah. that doesn't you don't happen. really see that very much, yeah. So prior to acting, Jensen actually wanted to plan to, he planned to study sports medicine at Texas Tech University and become a physical therapist. Really? Mm-hmm. Huh. But he decided to move to Los Angeles and give acting a try. During his free time, he enjoys golfing, horseback riding, scuba diving, and photography. That, yeah, I would totally expect all of that. <laughs> and this is expected, but very disappointed. He's a huge fan of country music, and his favorite musician is Darth Garth Brooks. <laughs> this is because he was born in Texas. Yeah. Oh, he's a huge fan of the Cowboys, too. So. Ah, really? He is a cowboy. Yeah, one of the things he said about, uh, like, I guess what he likes to wear, I'm not sure. I just had the quote. He's like, from being a Texas boy, I love jeans that I can wear with boots. I'm like, you're just a cowboy. He is. Yeah. Okay, so when Which I... Which explains the knees. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it does. Um, so there's this section on IMDb on Jensen Ackles' page called trademark just trademark things about this particular actor which i found very amusing so i wrote them down so here are some trademarks of jensen deep husky voice ginger beard which i've never thought of his beard as ginger but i guess it is he's blonde though isn't he i thought he was like a a brunette i thought his hair was brown (laughs) 
Maybe it is. <laughs> I always thought of him as blonde. How we, I think that's because on Days of Our Lives he was blonde. Yeah, he's definitely not blonde. You're probably right. But he do. does have green eyes, so he could he be does. a ginger. Anyway, yes. sorry. Freckles. I love freckles. Which makes sense for the ginger thing. You're right. <laughs> oh my god, I think I've discovered something. <laughs> okay, here we go. Often plays men with intense emotional and psychological issues. <laughs> Frequently plays characters with an overwhelming need for parental approval. <laughs> Green eyes. <laughs> Which is funny because in that movie he did that I can't remember the name of back in like 2005 or six. Was that the, the horror one? Yeah. My Bloody Valentine. No, no, no. Not it that It was a one. different one? Yeah. It's before that. It's one word. Oh. It's got a red cover. He's the star of it. Uh, his dad plays his dad in that movie. Oh, really? Because his dad is actually is an, an actor. actor. Yeah. yeah. Um, his parents were going to name him Justin, but they thought it was too common. So he, they made up Jensen. <laughs> yeah. He was considered for the role of Leanne Kennedy in three of the Resident, Resident Evil movies. He was also considered for Captain America and the Avengers, uh, or in the first Avenger, rather. His most embarrassing moment. Oh, no. I'm reading a direct quote. When I was in middle school, some of my so-called friends found a catalog ad I did for Superman pajamas. They made as many copies as they could and pasted them up all over the school. (laughs) That was his embarrassing moment. (laughs) He did a catalog ad when he was a He was a model when he was like six. Oh, yeah, he was. Or four to six, and then he quit, and he started again when he was ten or something like that. Yeah, I remember now. Um, (laughs) This is another direct quote. I love the smell of shampoo on a girl's hair. You can walk past someone and be like, wow, you took a shower this morning, didn't you? Because you smell lovely. <laughs> so when we do our photo op with Jared and Jensen. We need to make sure we've taken our showers. A fresh shower. And we should say that. So I am totally going to be like, do you like my shampoo? No, you should just tell him you've taken a shower today because you smell lovely. That's what you need to say. You're right. That's, that is what I need to say. Oh my God. Because I'm and then, too busy laughing at how much taller Jared is than me. And then I'm going to hand him a bag of gummy bears because another quote. Oh. I'm a mad gummy fan. I always have mad gummies in my trailer. But you can't eat too many because then you get gummy tummy and that's no good. I can't believe I'm saying this. Gummy tummy. Do you There's have that gummy one? tummy? I'm going to hand him some gummy bears, tell him he smells lovely because of his shower, and right. then say, don't get a gummy tummy. There you go. Um, they don't have these for um, for Jared? I they didn't have any okay one of jared's direct quotes was something about don't just be who you are don't worry about anything and one day you'll find the man for you and i was like that's (laughs) thanks jared all right (laughs) um oh and then on this is jensen on jared i would jump in front of a bullet for him and not think twice so where do you find this so just trademarks section well, on IMDb, um, let me. Tr- I guess I should look up Jensen and see. Yeah, you have to go to Jensen because there wasn't one for Jared. And then you just go down and you look at um, their trivia, like oh, you would for movies. Okay, 
Okay. Um, here's one of Jared's, uh, wait, where'd it go? I just had it. Anyway, Anyways. um, so, yeah, his weren't, didn't stand out quite as much as Jensen's did. <laughs> I just wrote down the ones that did, obviously, um. But I thought that was pretty funny and we needed to talk about that. Well, now I'm reading. I know what you. I'm reading Misha's. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. So did you have any. Oh, here's his quotes. Just be yourself and the right guy will come along. Whether it be today, tomorrow or next year, it'll happen. And then he has a really big quote about his depression and how they actually shut down the set of filming yes. before yeah. for him. Um, and it's just, it got me kind of teary-eyed when I was reading it at work today. Yeah, but That's it's something that I've always really, really respected amazing. him about. That's And it's funny because it's one of the reasons that I even started watching the show is because Stephanie would always tell me I need to watch it. And I was like, that show looks dumb. Right. Not watching that. But she started talking to me about Jared and about how he's very... Uh, supportive of depression dep- well mental right mental mental illnesses. health yeah right and that's something I've always very much respected so so the stuff he I'm does gonna tell is you amazing something real quick and I love it the name Misha is after his mother's Russian ex-boyfriend and that's what he's been called since he was a child <laughs> <laughs> there you go guys a little piece of so, information for the future if I was Misha's dad that would piss me the fuck off <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, sorry, we should probably wrap this up because yeah, we've been going so, for a while. Yeah, we just talked about the guys for a while, which I'm sure everybody is really just apt to listen to. Right. Anyway, guys, so thanks for listening. I hope you suck through. Um, if you're not there already, check out the website at um, thewaywardfans.com. You can contact us there or email us at waywardfans at gmail.com. Send us questions, comments, concerns, whatever. Um, you want talk to us don't talk to us it's fine just keep listening to us yes <laughs> <laughs> and you can also follow us on twitter at waywardfans underscore spn and you can also find us on facebook now just waywardfans on facebook pretty exciting stuff come back next week and we'll keep it moving right along talk about the usual suspects and crossroad loops Two very good episodes. And we're actually going to have a guest for that one. Oh, so, yeah. Um, it'll be fun and exciting. So, to do. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Bye. Bye.